Welcome to another exciting edition of Plank of the Week. Here we are at the headquarters of Talk Radio TV and we're ready to go for another blistering session of pointing out just exactly who has been the biggest plank or indeed idiot uh, of the week. I've got Kevin O'Sullivan with me, I've got Emma Webb, Conservative Commentator, and we've also got something new. Uh, we have Plank of the Week mugs, very kindly uh, provided for us by Russell Quirk. Uh, who is an occasional uh, Plank panellist, and he'll be back soon. So thank you, Russell, for that. Uh, Emma, you haven't been here for a while. In fact, you haven't been in this particular studio with us at all, and you haven't been back into the building since probably the Plank of the Year um, uh, list that we did Mm -hmm. back in December. So why don't you kick us off uh, with the first Plank? Harry. Harry! I mean, things don't change much, do they? I mean, he's he never won. gone away. He, he's he always there. He he had, well, do you know, normally what we've been doing for this most of this year is if they haven't actually been named Harry and Meghan, they've carried over because we always yeah. carry over one. So this week we won't carry them over. You can give us Harry. Harry absolutely has on his own. done so many things this week that individually could have nominated him for Plank of the Week. Yes, but he, there's just a whole co- like whole, whole host of them. Um, the latest one was him telling the Americans that their First Amendment is bonkers <laughs> and therefore turning the entire United well, States against it. him, um, which is not surprising because Harry and Meghan have involved themselves with um, plenty of, well, I suppose you would say, online censorship yeah. um, campaigns and um, Harry's was appointed to um, work on this uh, uh, at the Aspen Institute on, yes. on uh, disinformation. This is where he's going to go out about disinformation. So the mask not with, well, he can start with his own interview, can't he, with Oprah Winfrey, uh, when they oh, pointed God. out a few things that turned out not to be true. The, ma- the mask has really slipped because now he's essentially admitted that he doesn't believe in free speech. Yeah. Um, so that was very helpful. But he also did this um, interview, and that, that was um, something that had been drip-fed to us from this interview that he did with the actor Dax Shepard in, in the US. What kind of a name um, is that, by the way? Dax. I'd never Dax, heard of this guy I know. before. Well, apparently Very he's, American a, he's, a, he's, a crack, he's a former crackhead. Yeah, he's an actor, right, who's had some troubles with uh, substance abuse, mm. I think is the way mm. you have to put it nowadays. Yeah. Uh, originally from Struggled Michigan, with crack. Originally from Michigan. Uh, he's been in some stuff I've never heard of. Yeah. Maybe Harry um, will interview him. But he's another one of these guys. He's got over a million followers on Twitter. And he does this podcast where people lay their souls bare to him about how terrible it's been Oh, that's very Harry. Almost all of them, of course, are celebrities. In one way, shape, must have a listen to that as soon yeah. as I can. Sounds, so he, uh, he, he also um, he he also released the trailer for his uh, his mental health Netflix yes. series with Oprah called um, the Me the You Can't See. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, if only and that were true. If only it was the Me You Can't See. I played the trailer for it last night. I yeah. admitted I've had a couple of drinks through the day, uh, but my wife will confirm I was literally weeping with laughter. Yeah. It was so. Funny. He's also used it's though, ludicrous. But he's also used the um, the piece of footage from his mother's funeral yeah, of him walking behind yeah. the coffin, which he has previously said. Uh, it's something that causes him great mm. pain. Mm. Now, I don't know whether he's in some for- form of therapy where they say you must keep talking about this, but I mean, he just needs to stop yeah. talking but about it's it. But it's a lack of self awareness because it's just ter- so insensitive for him to have done this interview with Dax Shepard. Um, <laughs> Uh, where he uh, he's talking about Dex. his his genetic pain inherited from the parenting mm. of Charles to him that he inherited from the Queen and Prince Philip. Uh, and he doesn't mind so inherited close. money though, does he? No. Well, I mean the thirty million that he inherited—that's yeah, fine. He's so not this, breaking that cycle. No, no. <laughs> this is what uh, people, staff in the palace, have have come out and have been saying that they should uh, renounce all of their titles entirely, which I think would be mm. the right thing for them to do if they if they hate the royal family so much. And to be honest, the bridge has been absolutely torched, hasn't yeah. it? 
it because yeah. he's done this in the gap between Prince Philip's funeral and coming back to the UK to unveil um, this memorial to, to, statue, to, yeah. to Diana. Right. Um, there's now some does. Well, there's question marks now about whether he's going to do that, isn't there? Which would be yeah. extraordinary if he didn't. I, I, I mean, I don't. I really don't know how he can possibly paddle back from it. But you know, it's. It's the, the lack of self-awareness that makes him a plank, but it's that it's just like sheer porridge for brains mm. to say that, that, that he, does, he knows enough about the First Amendment mm. to mm. know that it's bonkers. Yeah. yeah, well, the First Amendment, you know, is the first most important amendment in all of America. In the U.S. Constitution. It is, it is the basis mm. of the country. And, you know, it really gets on my nerves when people talk. You and I know this, Mike, more than most people in this country. We've got, oh, Britain, you know, free speech. We've got free speech. You don't know about free speech in this country until you go yeah. to America. They really have Yeah, we really free, don't have free speech. speech. But and he, actually, the First Amendment is not just about free speech yeah, it's either. It's also freedom to assemble, freedom, freedom of religion. Protest, religion. It's, the, it's the basis of liberty it's in freedom. the United States. It's freedom. It's about States. freedom. Uh, and he said, uh, well, he basically left. said, uh, but it's a very simple amendment to read and understand. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I've, I haven't been in the country long enough to fully understand it. Mm. You've been there a year. Do you think, do you th how about this for a thought? Do you think he meant the amendment actually gives him the right to bear arms? Do you think he got it wrong? Uh, it's possible. No, but I, no, but I think that he thinks... Uh, that uh, my or your or Emma's ability to criticise him in public and say what we like about him is an absolute affront to mm -hmm. him. And uh, him and Meghan should have some sort of proprietorial control about everything that is written or said mm -hmm. or spoken about them. And you can tell this because they keep suing everyone left, right and centre. But I think, you know, and so he, he not only... It's not only that he said, I don't understand the First Amendment, he, he, he said it was bonkers. Yes. It's mad. The freedom of speech is mad and bonkers. Uh, so what we know about... Do you know, I'm beginning to wonder. I'm sure he probably did mean the Second Amendment. This is what well, I'm now no, thinking. But if you look at his work with Meghan on internet censorship yeah. he, and misinformation, he really doesn't believe in free speech. No, no he doesn't. And, and the two of them are really lobbying behind the scenes. They, they're Archiewell partnered with... Um, uh, Archiewell. Uh, is that how you say it? It's Archwell. Archwell. Well, I'm, I'm going with Archiewell. Why not Archiewell? Well, they, they, Archie's short for Archie. They partnered, well, they take they the eye with, out. Don't oh, right. They yeah. partnered with a UCLA uh, centre yeah. that uh, involves itself. They, they basically think that the internet is racist and involves itself with internet censorship. I see. Um, and actually, that was another thing. These that came are also out the same week. people, though. These are the same people who stunted up a series of newspaper mm -hmm. cuttings mm -hmm. as if they were real to put on the Oprah show. Uh, and they weren't. Not only were they not real, these were headlines that weren't written um, <laughs> about her. They were also uh, headlines from other newspapers mm. around the world, mm. Australia, America. Some of them didn't exist. I mean, literally just fake news. The de very definition yeah. of fake news. You can manipulate dim minds. This is a guy, Prince Harry, uh, who couldn't pass his A levels. He had to have special tuition after Eton uh, in order to scrape through and get two A-levels so he could get into And you Sanders. tell me what they were in once. Uh, one, one, was, one was in uh, geography, I think, right. and one was in art or something. But he's stupendously... Was it in American history? He, he, no. <laughs> he is stupendously uh, academically ungifted. Uh, he, Dim, I think, he, is the word he, you're looking He's for. just massively, massively, criminally, unacceptably dim. Yes, I think that's they right. They also... Uh, 
Archwell, Archie Wells, Archie partnered, well, I like that. <laughs> partnered with um, with uh, Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble, yes. Uh, and have, they've also been criticised for that because Procter and Gamble sell face whitening cream. They do, they do, uh, and sell it to countries <laughs> where people's faces aren't white. And, and also, they're one of the biggest suppliers of palm oil, apparently. They are. Well, they're one of the greatest uh, producers of beauty products, which everybody knows are one of the biggest pollutants in the world. Well, they also, yeah. they also apparently are responsible for quite a lot of deforestation and quite a lot of pollution of the ocean. In lots of different I think ways. Meghan so and Harry have far in? too much confidence mm. in that, that, that they think that they are right, yes, um, and that they can lecture to the rest of us about that. And I think that's very—it's really worrying yes. because, especially with the lack of, the, as you were saying about you know the lack of free speech, mm. they don't want anyone to criticise them. They don't want anybody to yeah. disagree with yeah, them on anything. Yeah, yeah. Also, they don't seem to mind having a go at people that they don't like. Mm. So, for example, if they are having a go at the royal family, that's fine. Mm-hmm. They can do that. So it's all very well to be kind and compassionate, uh, which many of their followers, of course, are not. Some of the most ghastly, horrible abuse that, pe- that people on the internet get is from Harry and Meghan's supporters. Well, there have been lots of people who've been cancelled for mm. criticising yeah. Meghan. People like Piers Morgan, well, Piers Sharon Morgan. Osborne, and yeah. ended up in hot water because of yeah. it as well. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. I don't really don't think that they can see themselves as as they really are. But this claptrap that he comes out with on these on the, the me you can't see and to Dax Shepherd and all that—it's it's, it's classic Californian psycho babble nonsense. <laughs> uh, and of course. You know, stupid people, it's very easy to manipulate them to sort of believe all this stuff <laughs> that is real and true and yeah. important. So he is trapped in this kind of forum. But it's all part of, of this industry, isn't it? Idiocy. It's and like there's the race industry and there's the mental health yeah, industry, yeah. you know. And yeah, we're but not he, but to he's buying either it, one. But he's buying it left, right, and centre. He's being manipulated by the slightly cleverer, but certainly not brilliant Megan and all those other people. And uh, we are getting this kind of weird kind of hybrid version of Prince Harry. Uh, and he does not have the intellectual capacity to resist these forces of pathetic mindlessness that are engulfing him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. amazed that he won't one day just wake up and go, blimey. Yeah. Well, maybe I should get back to Britain. My God, my <laughs> God, what have I done? <laughs> you do wonder. Hey, Kevin, who's your first plank? Uh, it's the BBC. Of course it is. Uh, to do with Martin Bashir, who 25 years ago, of course, secured in 1995, I think it was, that iconic interview with Princess Diana. Mm. It has been emerging over the past year or so in fits and starts that he used the most disgusting underhand techniques to con Princess Diana into believing she ought to give this interview, making up bank statements to look, forging, forging bank documents. statements, to, and showing them to her to say, look, this is your security staff, they've been selling yeah. these stories, uh, telling her that uh, Prince Charles was having an affair with Tiggy Leg Burke, the uh, nanny of their children, mm. and in fact Tiggy Leg Burke was pregnant, an absolute lie, uh, telling her that members of the royal family were conspiring against her, were selling stories to the press, total total lies. So whether or not Martin Bashir actually behaved appallingly is not a matter of discussion. We know know that. Uh, So the BBC, realising that there was big trouble coming on this front uh, some months back, uh, commissioned Lord Dyson, former Master of the Rolls, to uh, conduct an independent inquiry into exactly what happened. Now the results of that inquiry will come out later this week. We're on a Tuesday now. By the weekend, I predict that uh, report will be in the public 
uh, arena. And uh, by all accounts, uh, it's not going to be a happy day for the BBC. No. He is going. He, Another unhappy day. And Bashir, <laughs> Bashir will, will emerge as the villain of the year, and he fully deserves mm. to. Meanwhile, but he can't be the only one that knew, can yeah, he? But, 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 what, is what, that what we're being expected to believe? Well, there are, Bashir there, well, alone. Well, no, because this. what you're talking about, what the way he behaved was disgusting and reprehensible, mm. and certainly not something the state broadcaster ought to be sponsoring. Mm. Of course, there are other executives on Panorama back there who uh, have been named and the then head of news uh, Lord Tony Hall of Birkenhead uh, who went on to become the director general the, the thing about the Bashir thing it's like Watergate the crime itself was pretty bad mm. pretty bad terrible thing to do to a woman in distress uh, to manipulate her like that to mind control her like that with fakery uh, but the real crime of course uh, like Watergate is not the crime is the cover up mm. so uh, Tony Hall is on the rack for trying to find scapegoats that were not Martin Bashir he did admit uh, that Bashir forged these doc documents and said something like uh, a rare um, mo a rare lapse by a man of complete <laughs> t integrity. What, you uh, mean a lapse of ethics? Martin Bashir is quite clearly a toe rag of the lowest mm. order. Uh, now, something that premeditated can't but, be a lapse. But the yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, exactly. So the reason that I'm nominating the BBC is because they've taken a bad situation and made it much, much worse. It is now an absolute omni-shambles. So they also commissioned Panorama uh, in a classic bit of uh, navel-gazing by the BBC to investigate itself. This programme was supposed to have come Didn't out like what they uh, last night on Monday. Uh, they canned that. Oh no, we're not going to show that because it turns out uh, it didn't quite come up with the results they were <laughs> yes. looking for. It may distress some members of the audience, yeah. particularly the, those that work at the BBC. So, the, so, there's, a, so there's a huge there's a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. So there's a huge backlash about this kind of awful moment of non-transparency and secrecy by the BBC. BBC trying to cover up its own cover-up uh, and so strong has been that backlash that Tim Davy, the Director General is now indicating oh well we will show it a bit later in the week so uh, it just it's just the BBC's unerring ability to never get anything right and to take any bad situation and make it a thousand times worse. I mean, only the BBC could do this to itself. Uh, and this will be, uh, mark my words, uh, probably a worse scandal than Jimmy mm -hmm. Savile. Uh, this, for the reputation of the BBC, this will be devastating. I'm not and sure it's going to be worse than Jimmy Savile. Well, I, mean, I, I think it will. I think, <laughs> it, take your point. I think it will. But I don't do. think it will. I mean, no, the no, thing no, is, look at the money they no, made know, from that interview. I know, but part of the problem with all of these types of historical stories is that an awful lot of people have no clue who Martin mm. Bashir is. He hasn't done anything for a very long mm. time. I think he ended up going off to yeah, work no, for I think NBC. They, remember, they remember, remember Princess Diana. Well, they won't though. if they weren't around, though. I mean, there's an awful lot of people, unfortunately, who weren't around there. Trust me, this is what's going to be the effect of this, is the BBC will here in uh, sooner or later because of this struggle greatly to maintain the TV. I think there's no fee. question that it will add to their pain and add to quite And they quite may quite well lose and, the license And quite rightly it. too. But also, I mean, they shouldn't allow Martin Bashir simply to totter off and we might find out later that he's been given yeah, some one compensation. Point, one of the reasons the BBC said it wouldn't show Panorama was because it could affect his health. 
and they had a duty of care. And so then they said, uh, this was the beginning of this week, oh, by the way, uh, Martin Bashir has left the BBC. So he assumed, because he got a copy of Dyson's report and at the t- as a courtesy, and on that same day, which was last Friday, was the day it was announced he's quit. So it was like, I look at this report, mm. I can't tell that I'm going to look terrible, right, I hereby the resign. Yeah. Then the BBC go, oh, no, 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 he resigned a month ago. Why didn't you tell us? Well, why didn't I think, you tell I think us? they've also got a duty of care to tell us not only when he resigned, why he resigned, but also whether he's still on the payroll. Because I bet you he is. Anybody well, no, he's gone now. He's resigned. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not on the payroll. Well, no, he's not on the people payroll. People leave no, no, the no, BBC. No, no. Hang on. People leave the BBC one no, day, no. come back the next they've day announced, in a different way. Well, he's not coming back. I don't they've think he's coming back. They've announced. not saying he's coming back, Kevin, but he may well still be being paid. No, 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 he's not because they've announced it, that he's resigned and he's not getting any payoff. Really? Yeah. That's not... That's not actually the only heinous thing they did this week because they didn't report on the protest outside of the BBC. Of course, because <laughs> maybe they didn't have any uh, reporters to send out to that protest. They were all in the pro Palestine rally. Where's Bashir? You know, oh, Freddie's not here anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can't believe a word they say, by the way. I'm surprised at you. I'm going to go for my first one with LNER, the London North Eastern Railway, which was previously famous for having cracks in their trains because they bought some new trains, apparently, from Hitachi in Japan put them together in the UK, uh, then withdrew them all on the grounds that they had loads of cracks in them. <laughs> Apparently they're going to put those back now because they haven't actually got cracks in them and they just took them away as a precaution. However, they've got themselves in a the right old tiz this week because they put out an announcement, as you might expect, you travel by train probably more than we do, uh, saying, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, came the uh, ridiculously outrageous speech from the, uh, uh, from the, from the guards' van. And uh, apparently there was a traveller on the train whose name is Lawrence. We find mm. out later that he actually is a member of the LGBTQ community um, community for some other railway company right so he happens to be probably traveling well. uh, <laughs> under under a, uh, uh, in a in a sort of reduced a way because he probably gets a, you <laughs> know, a freebie he, he yeah. gets a discount to travel on the railways he apparently then sends <laughs> them a tweet saying good afternoon ladies and gentlemen boys and girls so as a non-binary person this announcement doesn't actually apply to me so i won't listen now well, don't then <laughs> you can say that was a pretty dopey thing to do you can say well, you know, that's up to you. Don't worry about it. But LNAR, instead of just ignoring it, actually responded to it on Twitter and said, I'm really sorry to see this. Our train manager should not be, wait for it, using language like this. Get out the cat of nine right? tails. <laughs> and I thank you for bringing it to my attention. Please could you let me know which service you're on and I will ensure they remain as inclusive as we strive to be at LNER. When he says, uh, this, uh, this PR person sending this tweet back, language like this, you would assume that, you know, well, they must have been using the C word or swearing at somebody or, you know, using some, you know, horrible slang word to refer mm. to, to some particular group of people, a minority or something. No, language like this now applies to good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> you just think, what is going on? What a disgusting thing I mean, to say. Can you imagine? So now, presumably, <laughs> anyone that gets on a train will not hear those words. Yeah. Good afternoon, non-binary kids. I mean, just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this guy, though, what's his name? Lawrence, Lawrence. was it? And he he had a a, a non-binary female companion with him. Sorry if I can even say that. Charlotte. Mm. Uh, I mean, both of them. She didn't like it either. Just do do one. You know, just tell them to do one. I mean, all you want on a a train is to let it take you from A to B Mm. without having to use a temporary bus service But it's obviously a cynical stunt because people know that if they put something on Twitter that there's going to be, you know, a whole hoo-ha in the... L- but wouldn't NER it be better offices? if LNER just decided not to respond to it? Because yeah. then it would have, nobody would have noticed well, it. It would have gone away. It emboldens people to make ever-increasingly ridiculous yeah. 
claims to try and cause a Twitter storm. Mm, absolutely unbelievable. Let's go for your second one. So my second is uh, Hamza Youssef. Oh, yes. Back on the list. The I'm world's sure favourite Scottish <laughs> Justice Secretary. He hasn't been on it for a while. So he, along with other people like Nicola Sturgeon, Nadia Whittam, uh, Labour MP, a number of other Labour MPs as well, um, uh, put out some well, let's say ridiculous framing around what happened in Scotland, in mm. Glasgow, uh, with two men who were detained yes. by immigration. So the Home Office had got Police Scotland to go and detain two, detain two men on immigration offences, um, and the locals in the area instantly mobilised, surrounded the van. Essentially, the, the mob prevented the Home Office from carrying out mm. the law. And cynically, I think, Humza Youssef and Nicola Sturgeon and others said that, um, and because they disagree with the Home Office's policies yes. on immigration, it came out and made this they about They call it a hostile atmosphere. And they actually said um, the hostile atmosphere is not welcome in Scotland. Yeah. As and if they, it's a different country. So what they, Guess what, guys? It's not a different country. They essentially abetted this mob mm. and said but the, the, the part of it that makes them a plank um, is that they said they, they made a big deal about this being during Eid, and they said that <laughs> they and bear in mind these two men were Sikhs, they were Indian nationals, yes. and uh, a, a human rights lawyer, Amma Anwar, <laughs> I know Amma negotiated Anwar. their yeah. release from the police over the course of hours. They had people lying; someone was lying underneath the there van. There Palestinian flags being waved around and they, as well. They released, no they released them into this human rights lawyer's custody, yeah. and were escorted to the mosque, not the Gurdwara. No. <laughs> Um, and the way the this way that they racist, the way this, that they it? were spinning the narrative was that it was uh, provocative of the Home Office yeah. to carry out this uh, well, essentially to execute immigration yeah. law. And let's during, face it, we're told Eid, more or less which is that a Muslim these, holiday. Right, but also these guys are illegal immigrants. Let's not you know beat about the bush. That is yeah, the and allegation. One of, them had, had one of them had been at least one of them had been here at least ten years. Another one had been here ten years but didn't speak English. Well, they, he, one of them had applied for their visa to be uh, well had appealed their visa yes. running out and hadn't got it and hadn't right. left. I think he'd been here since 2016 without his visa. Mm. So they were rightfully detained. Yeah. Um, but because the Scottish want asylum policy to be devolved, this was a way of them. Yeah, yet again, cynically, mm. um, not only using the situation, but also trying to make this about uh, evil England persecuting yeah. the Muslim community mm -hmm. in Scotland by doing this during yeah. Eid, even though these two men weren't Muslim. Weren't Muslim, yeah. um, And then you had people like Nadia Whittam coming out and saying, oh, two Muslim men have been detained, she tweeted, even though that was completely inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. They weren't um, Muslims. <laughs> and, and, and they doubled down. They doubled down. They kept saying mm -hmm. that this was this was provocation yeah. because it was during Well, Eid. do you know it's what's also interesting language. about the whole story is that um, after the fact, they moaned and, and groaned, Hamza Yusuf particularly, um, but also Nicholas Sturgeon, that when they tried to call the Home Office, they couldn't speak to anybody important enough for them because they were upset that they were only given some junior minister to talk to. Like they wanted, they were demanding to speak to the Home Secretary, <laughs> Priti Patel. And she, quite rightly, was like, I'm not talking to these bozos. You know, just carry out the UK mm -hmm. immigration law that you are uh, duty bound to do because you run a country which is part of the United Kingdom over which the UK Home Office has jurisdiction. Mm. And I mean, the other thing that people have suggested, and who knows whether this is true, but it was rather unusual in my view that they could organise such a, uh, a mob so quickly while the actual mm. arrest was going on. And the suggestion has been, and I have no way of knowing if it's true, that because as a courtesy the Home Office would have let the Scottish Government know that this was happening, yeah. that suddenly somebody in the Scottish Government saw an opportunity and tipped mm -hmm. off some of these so asylum. that's actually what happens in the US. They've yeah. had this with ICE when yes. they try to um, detain illegal immigrants, right. and they get a tip off from local 
um, local right, so government they can officials so that they can mob and protest. prevent the yeah. brand from moving. I'll tell you who else is, you know, would have, would have been a, a decent plank on this issue as well, is the police chief mm. who called off the arrest because yeah. of the protest. So, and it was... Depicted by the public safety. Depicted by lefties as an inspiring moment when a community mm -hmm. came to the rescue of two much-loved mm. members of uh, their community. And uh, so, what what does this mean then? So, if they're arresting a couple of rapists or a murderer, well, Nadia, uh, then uh, you just have a demonstration, and the police all yeah. the police chief Nadia will go Whitton right. was saying that this was an example of of how direct action can be is successful it? but it's so undemocratic mm. well, because it is the it is the scottish it's it really should be more of a scandal than it is the scottish government are betting a mob to yeah, surround an immigration absolutely. van and to to negotiate mm. with police scotland mm. who are executing and the you know where else it doesn't stop um, there you might order. not be surprised to know that the lovely angela rayner uh, also got, in, got herself involved and said that she stood with Scotland Four square. and with Four square Glasgow was, yeah. uh, on their fight against the battle. She's nipping up to Glasgow to take the knee to them or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah she but, likes you know, it that. seems extraordinary that, you know, people who want to be in government, and I include people who are in government in that, like Nicola Sturgeon, don't wish to carry out the laws which they're actually duty-bound to carry out. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinary. But the message that is sent is uh, anyone you like gets arrested, have a quick demo, and mm. the uh, local police chief mm -hmm. will let, let your just friend off. off. I know. It's ridiculous. And as the SNP think, the solution to everything is to try and paint an anti-English narrative. Yeah. Those nasty home office right. orders coming over here yeah. and, and de detaining people in our communities yeah. and being Islamophobic. I know. Isn't it funny as well that you know, all the way through the... Uh, uh, the election campaign, they stopped talking about independence and said they wouldn't talk about it because it's so important to get out of the COVID nightmare. As soon as they won, back to independence again and started yeah. asking for it. So, you know, that yeah. will go on. Yeah, totally. There Completely wasn't much simple. social distancing going on in that demonstration either. Well, no, that's another actually, thing. The police could have turned up and arrested them all for exactly. actually being they breaking were, COVID. Well, that is another, another reason why Hamza Youssef deserves to be on yeah. this list is because he criticised the uh, Rangers football fans right. who went completely yeah, mad. But he was criticising them on the grounds of them being unsafe. Point, but then exactly. when totally in support mm. of these people surrounding the van. Mm. I know, absolutely incredible stuff. Speaking of COVID though, because we're not going to make much of an appearance on this for COVID, I'm going to carry over, normally we carry over um, Harry and uh, Meghan, we're going to carry Sage over this week, I think, because Sage has been completely useless this week, once again, by trying to hurl our freedom under the bus by saying, what about the Indian variant? The Indian no, variant! Can't, can't reopen on June the 21st, which is already so far away they don't even know. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just put them down there. What's your second one, Kevin? Uh, Lord Lloyd Webber, Andrew Lloyd oh, Webber. Yes. The, uh, My Lord. The My Lord, <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, who has likened people who refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine to drunk drivers who kill people. Unbelievable. Uh, that it is just as selfish not to have to choose not to have the vaccine as it is to have 10 pints and get behind the wheel and drive your I car I mean, sorry, Sir Andrew, Lord Andrew, what's it going to do with you? First of all, there's no equivalence between those two examples. Mm. It's a very different kind of situation. Uh, and secondly, I'm sick to death of people like him and indeed anyone else, usually from the left, to be fair, Lloyd Webber isn't from the left, but usually from the left, criticising people who have made uh, a sentient decision yeah. not mm -hmm. to get it the vaccine. You, it's rich enough 
enough to be a supporter of the yeah. Labour Party. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, that's where they all... That's their, that's It'll their home, be there soon. That's their home It'll area It'll be there now. soon. Uh, <laughs> so my point is, is that uh, he, he said, I do think it's selfish. Just look at the way you could say, I would like to go out and have a drink tonight and drive home and accidentally I kill someone. So that's there's no equivalence there. It's a mad example anyway. Uh, it seems to me that nobody's going to go out and deliberately infect anybody with COVID, but it's completely wrong if we know the science. I was on the Oxford vaccine trial last week for this reason. Uh, so uh, I'm sick of uh, people pointing the finger at people who decide it's their decision. This mm-hmm. is a question of freedom. You know, uh, we all would like enough people to take the vaccine in order to beat COVID, to stop the spread. Seems to be happening anyway. But if it was the majority of people decided not to take the vaccine, so be it. This is a really, really important issue that every individual has the right to make that decision. And Mm -hmm. if their decision is, I think I won't get this vaccine for whatever reason, it's got nothing to do with me or Mike or you, Emma, or Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm -hmm. Stop this. Stop this demonization of sentient people who've made a completely rational decision not to get the vaccine. I can't stand it. And uh, Lloyd Webber put the case very, very, very badly anyway. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? We've got this now two-tier society of people. Um, One lot who think you must do this in order for everybody else to Mm. be fine. And the other lot who go, look, you can do whatever you want. Mm. I've done what I've wanted to yeah. do. I'm fine. And it really, I mean, it's as simple well, as that, really. Well, have we reached herd immunity already? Yeah. Well, I think we have, haven't about we? About three weeks ago. Uh, it, it's, I mean, they I'm, say. I'm the same I mean, as you, Mike. I'm yeah. allergic to being told what to do. Yeah, so if, if, if they want to start talking about things mm. like vaccine hesitancy, mm. well, telling people that, you know, essentially undermining their bodily autonomy mm-hmm. and their right to decide yeah. what goes into also, their bodies. You know, it's I really fundamental, a bad case of the flu, I wouldn't go and knock on Android Webber's door and say, what do you think I should do Andrew mm. because you're obviously uh, a man with some great medical yeah, expertise quite. you should perhaps tell me what I should do best you know should I not go out because I've got the flu should I not come to one of your theatres because I might give the flu to somebody else but it's Would such an unrealistic way away? of relating to the world yeah. every day you go out you take a risk yeah. every day there you know you could catch something or you know it, it, it is it's a completely hysterical and, response and so if you take into account that uh, most of the people in hospital right now with Covid uh, you know, in hot spots like Bolton, where the grand total of 18 COVID sufferers are in hospital, four have died from the Indian variant. Uh, so the numbers aren't exactly huge, but every single one of them are people who haven't had the mm. vaccine. And people should be allowed to weigh up the evidence mm. themselves, mm, particularly if you're in a, so, in a category that is, is low risk. Yeah. Mm. You should be able to make so those also, decisions the, on the, the basis of the place, evidence yourself. The, the government place, should trust yeah. us. The dangerous place where this goes is where, where do they stop vaccinating? You know, because I've had this question put to a few people, you know, is it going to end at 18? Are you going to try and vaccinate teenagers? Mm. Are you going to go all the way down to kids age five? Mm. Because I don't think a lot of parents would be very comfortable. I certainly wouldn't be comfortable with having my kids vaccinated. But we have to, to, the the main thing about this though is we have to uh, stress to the bien pensant classes who think that they're uh, able to sort of proclaim from on high what everybody ought to be doing. That is none of the, like Lloyd Webber, it is none of their business whether or not another Mm -hmm grown, sentient adult decides not to have the Mm. vaccine. Stop demonising these people. It's their decision. It's the same as with Harry. They think that they know best. They think that they're above everyone else and that they have some kind of qualification to lecture. And they're really not. And and they're really not. Just just write a musical. Yeah, the professor class, you know, Mm. they they think that it's like they're all the Ramonas. I mean, Andrew, Jesus Christ, 
superstar. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> he, that's the way, the, the only reason he did that was so yeah, that, to get to that point. <laughs> right, now I'm going to go with my second one, and I'm afraid uh, you might have thought he's escaped this week, but he hasn't. It's Sakir Starmer. Yay. You're the world's most boring politician, right? Um, he <laughs> managed to lose Hartley Pool, uh, managed to become uh, the, the most unwanted fellow in a Bath pub when uh, uh, <laughs> he was raven, owned by a Labour raven, supporter and told to get the hell out of my pub. Um, he's now apparently trying to make himself more interesting, um, which I think he's going to find is a very difficult this, thing to do. It's an uphill struggle. Um, his aides are apparently touting around the possibility and the idea uh, that somebody might want to make a fly on the wall documentary about Sir Keir Starmer <laughs> and what he gets up to, right, during Riveting. the day when he's off camera and he's not in the House of Commons. I mean, can you imagine? He's the most boring man alive. I spoke to Rod Little today, uh, right? And he said, I feel sorry for the fly. Uh, yes, uh, on the wall cruelty to animals. It's literally going to be so boring that the fly will sort of... <laughs> Leave the fly. Flies were harmed in the making of this documentary. Fly. Yeah, the fly will throw itself off, off, the, uh, off the wall just to commit suicide to get away from the documentary makers. But he re- you know, he's also now announced that he's going to be uh, going on Piers Morgan's uh, Life Stories. Now, Piers Morgan's interviewed some interesting people on Life Stories. Uh, he's never introduced, I don't think he's ever introduced anybody quite this dull. Well, yeah, that's, I, I mean, take, there's a possible uh, contender. Really? Uh, Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown, Almost yeah, but even Gordon Brown's more interesting. At least yeah, Gordon actually, Brown, yeah, it's got no, a Gordon good Gordon Brown's story, got a temper. Gordon Brown throws phones at he's people. He's also got a good backstory, Gordon Brown. He has, and he's also got a family, which is quite interesting. He's had some tragedy in his life. Yeah. He's lost an eye, you know, all of that yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, you know yeah, about yeah. Gordon Brown. And he was part of what was a very successful Labour government yes. over the course of three elections, right? Even though he could never <laughs> win one. He was that thing that... I mean, now, yeah. this, tells you, this tells you a lot, right? Because what you've just said uh, is that actually... Keir Starman makes Gordon Brown seem interesting. Yes, he and does. That's, that's he does. Trouble. He that's does. That's the problem. He does. Because he's that, he's that wooden, he's that boring. I mean, only he could manage to actually lose ground to a government that is in, you know, yeah. a reasonable amount of trouble over a, a number of things. No, not everybody's happy with Boris Johnson. They might be happy with him being a bit of a character. They might, they might not care about the, the curtains. They might not uh, give us stuff about mystique. Mm-hmm. But they're not all happy about business people. Certainly not happy about the way that he's compensated them. Certainly not happy about the way that he's shut down the economy. Um, certainly not happy in Northern Ireland about how that's been messed mm-hmm. up. There's so many places you know, he could go. You know that you're up a certain creek when Lord Adonis is suggesting that's very time true. to bring back Tony Blair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mind you, he does do that every day. Yes. Um, but we, yeah, may, but we K- may come back to that. But the K- Keir Starmer, uh, Angela Rayner thing, you know, they're clearly now uh, at each other's yes. throats. So it is but he the, can't fire it, it's the battle, other reason yeah, it's a plank. It's the battle for the Labour Party. So she's all over the papers at the weekend giving interviews left, right and centre, you know. You know, I, I'm Labour through and through, and I, you know, <laughs> born in Stockport, raised by Labour, the party of the people, and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And all this stuff. So she's giving all that. And he's like, he, he's, 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 announcing, like no, he's announcing he's going to go on to Piers Morgan's life story. And uh, you, and so all the people say, I think right, the Labour people go, I think Angela might be a better bet. She's got a better backstory. Mm. What are these people, the X Factor? I know. Yes. <laughs> But this is the thing, you know, if you're going to do a Life Stories episode, yeah. surely you have to, people want to know what you're about. Nobody cares what Keir Starmer's about. It's also not going to serve him well, because his life story is not a Labour life no. story. Yeah, That's not point, how he wants yeah. to be pitching himself. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the Head of the about CPS. Piers right. Morgan's posh life yeah. story. Yeah. But he also makes out that his dad was in some way a toolmaker. Yeah, owned I mean, the company, make didn't rather he? unfair jokes about that. I think he was certainly, <laughs> at, the very, at the very least, he was successful at that. I mean, at the very least, he was a manager. The ultimate tool. I, think he, I thought he owned the company. I'm not sure if he owned the company, but, but it's the same when he, he talks about his wife being in the NHS. She's a lawyer yeah. who works in the NHS. She's not a nurse. She's not on the front line. Yeah. She's not, you know, saving mm-hmm. people's lives. She's 
getting compensation for people um, uh, when they fight the NHS. That's mm -hmm. what she's doing. Well, so when he was preaching to that landlord, mm. that's exactly the that's brand. That's exact. That's exactly what it will. It will. That, it, I'm not going to take lectures from the likes of no. you. What you mean, a member of the public? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And somebody who owns a business, what? somebody who used to vote Labour. Yeah, he's, he's right. So right. why would he want to put his life story on the table when it will make all of that? It will make it apparent why he thinks because he's delusional because like he gets that. everything wrong. He doesn't. Also, quite, being a, he doesn't so understand that. Being sort of a policy wonk. All he will do will is, is prove how incapable he is of actually having any sort of humour mm. about him because he does. He's not a funny man. He never makes jokes. <laughs> he can't feel. He doesn't feel comfortable clearly in mm -hmm. situations with ordinary people. Because after that famous Bath episode, you remember when he scuttled, scuttled back to London yeah. and was then pictured outside a pub in Camden Town with a pint, with a right. pint which hadn't had anything drunk. And they said about time too. And, and, and he was that. with two other people. Better late than never. Half, <laughs> whose drinks were half done, so he clearly just sat yeah. down and gone. Do you mind if we take a picture? Yeah. Or, or rather, on the on the way back, all his spads came up with this brilliant news. Yeah. Why don't we take a picture of you with a pint yeah. and say, better late than never. That'll get us out of I mean, they're not great at travelling, travelling are they, these people? I mean, no. what happened to Jeremy Corbyn when he had to find a seat on the floor <laughs> on that train? <laughs> it all got exposed. Uh, complete yeah, of stay, stay away from trains yeah, and stay pubs. Stay away from trains and pubs, guys. That's it. Yeah. Your third, Emma? My third is the RSPB. Yes. Uh, so there is a 19-year-old bird watcher mm. um, who was being given an honorary doctorate and she, she calls herself doctor she's not shy in coming forward she calls herself doctor even though she didn't actually earn it yeah so it's an honorary doctorate mm. she's 19 and she um, she complained to the RSPB that their <laughs> graphics for bird watching were sexist yeah because the the <laughs> the pictures of the female birds were smaller <laughs> than the male birds, even though apparently... Feathers were flying Apparently in the RSPB bird-watching manual, they are the same size. Uh -huh. um, there, there could be a good reason for that, in that male birds tend to be prettier Bigger. and have yes. nicer oh, plumage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Um, it's the same, and, but, same for us humans. But the, 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 not in all cases. The reason, no, I guess not. The reason why uh, the RSB, uh, RSPB are on uh, my plank list is because they immediately capitulated yes. and said that they would look into it and that they would review. And this is the problem, isn't it? A bit like the LNER. Exactly. Yes, story. exactly. Instead of just going, yeah, all right, calm down. You know, there's a reason why we do it, and this is why. Mm -hmm. Instead, they go, oh, thank you for telling us. We're they really sorry. Go, they, they just go, do me a favour. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, but this is just this is the latest instalment <laughs> on. Firstly, it's like the Greta effect. Yes. Where you have these young people who are held up as experts, right. and I mean this this girl. To be fair on her, you know she has. I've had her on my show. She's one. What, she, the bird watching yeah. woman. She was the youngest yeah. person in in the world to to see what was she five thousand like? birds. She's a nice kid. She's something. a nice kid, and she what she did is she. She drew all these pictures, she sort of made her own book, uh, or she started posting it online. So you did her on the show before. Uh, and, and, then be, and then she had, yeah, this is about like six months ago, and she had a, like a million followers, and so publishers spotted it, mm -hmm. and she wrote, right. gave her a publishing deal, and she became very much the sort of young face yeah. of uh, conservation. So, uh, and her, I remember She's, of course, that. a climate um, yeah. specialist. Yeah. Well, her, her profile course, on Twitter yeah, is yeah, her protesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's obviously a very a exceptional nice young lady. Right on. Um, but the RSPB, as we, with the say, it's the same with all of these different institutions, like the National Trust. You know, they just need to have a backbone yeah. and say, mm. "Look, I get that you're trying to find problematic." Because she was saying you know, it's about s s sexist birding or something <laughs> like se sexism in birding. I mean, I have to um, say, I've been. They just need to tell these young people, "Look, I know that you think this is problematic." Yeah. 
but it's really not. take a breath. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's not. really not the problem that you think it is. No. Mm. They have they have been sort of bred to be overly sensitive. Yeah. And the reason why they do it's the same with the Greta effect. They think that they know how to create a better world. They think that the way to do that is by picking apart mm. all of the problematic things that the older generation are blind yes. to because they think that the older generation But it's terribly middle class as well, isn't it? But it's also, it is. yeah, it's, we've got more important it's things also to worry such about. a distraction from real issues. I yeah. mean, yes. really, what uh, sexism in ornithology? Yeah. Is it really a problem? I really don't think it is. I mean, even if it is a problem, it's in ornithology, which is not, I mean, it's not even an Olympic sport purpose. Not many people are going to see those posters. Mm. No, really not. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go into one of the hides down in Sussex this weekend, I think, and see if I can find any posters which trigger me, uh, which I can As complain As I say, use my rub rubbish bin technique. Just yeah. throw maybe beer I'll, cans. Maybe I'll take a pen and draw moustaches on But still, good on that girl for being Flicking interested oh, in birds. Sake. Right, so, Kevin, your third? Uh, it is Alistair Campbell oh, yes. uh, for his uh, week on <laughs> Good Morning Britain, sitting in Piers Morgan's former chair. Uh, Susanna Reid and the team seem to greet him as if he, he was the new Richard Dimbleby <laughs> or Walter Cronkite. Uh, he was a disaster. I've got some bad news he for was him. He wasn't. He was a disaster from start to finish. I mean, there's no reason why he should be a good TV presenter because he's got no experience in it, but he knows about the media. He knows about. I mean, he's worked in the media all his life. He knows about he? communication, but he did show an extraordinary lack of aptitude for this job. <laughs> and uh, at the low point, the nadir of his dreadful reign. Of horror <laughs> on Good Morning GMB, uh, he killed off the Queen. Super, <laughs> superb work. He said, so just said, you know, of course, uh, after the death of her Queen, we're all mourning uh, Prince Philip. Yeah. No, no, that's the wrong way around. Oh, no. And then they had to come back. He said, oh, I think I made a bit of a mistake there. <laughs> uh, but uh, he has the apologise. The man's not a natural. But you know, <laughs> but you know, he was there partly because he's he has his own mental health issues. He suffers from depression, so it was Mental Health Week. So it was all very worthy for GMB to do this. Uh, but uh, it was dangerous of them because you know Ofcom, the broadcasting watchdog, that's in charge of checking whether or not mainstream broadcasters like ITV, BBC, talk radio are balanced, yeah. politically balanced. Mm. This guy, Campbell, sat there uh, screaming his head off about what a horror Boris mm. was all week uh, and at one point uh, and, you know, and sort of screaming and shouting at Matt Hancock so at one point <laughs> Susanna Reid Susanna calming, isn't yeah, it? No, Susanna Reid said, well the thing about Boris she goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> This is why he'd never been yeah, given a mug before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, he, he goes, don't call him Boris, call him Johnson. Right. You know, and, and, and then Matt Hancock came on as a guest and he starts saying, when's the public inquiry into the COVID crisis then? You won't have it until after the election, will you? And so, uh, yeah, so you can get voted back man. in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also did what everybody wanted him to do as well, which is bring back Tony Blair. Yeah, and then, of course, he... That he, was an abomination. He, then, yeah. then, uh, and then he, he gets the only interview that he could really land that's with his own boss Tony Blair uh, which was uh, 10 minutes of television uh, that we'll never get back mm -hmm. from our lives I mean it was just dreadful horrendously Ye embarrassing yesterday's man really interviewing yesterday's man uh, and as you say Emma I mean so 
uh, crawly. It was so uh, Uriah he, he, he was He was describing how in Tony Blair's book he complimented Alistair Campbell. Yeah, Alistair yeah. Campbell was saying, yeah, yeah. reminding Tony of how yeah. Tony had complimented him. The level of the interview was sort of a, a Tony of all your triumphs, which was the greatest, you know. So he killed off the Queen. Uh, he broke uh, Ofcom broadcasting rules all week by screaming about Labour and how horrible the Tories were, and then brought brought on that old dinosaur Blair, uh, so they could compliment each other about how great they were. And of course, at the end of all this, uh, it looks as if GMB was so thrilled with his uselessness they're going to have him back. The interview no. with Tony Blair as well was uh, an unmitigated failure yes. because uh, they they were asking him about vaccine hesitancy, and so it had the opposite effect. Did he still have the long hair? Is he cut his oh, hair I yet? think he just had it cut, oh, but okay. they they did a, a yeah, long sort of dialogue about how uh, terrible he looked with his, mm. his long mm. hair. And um, he was talking about vaccine hesitancy and he was saying that um, that he, he tr obviously trying to encourage people to take the vaccine, saying that he thought the best way to encourage people to take the vaccine <laughs> would be to lay out all of the evidence. It's like, ah. yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony, yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah. See, don't yeah. you be talking about evidence, Tony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Alison Campbell should have, shouldn't have missed a trick there. He should have gone, don't worry, I'll cook you up some evidence and then we'll get straight along yeah, there yeah. just after the show. Yeah. That's it's what I did the last time. Yeah. It will have exactly we'll, the opposite we'll be, It'll be like those weapons of mass destruction all over again, yeah. Tony. No problem. Sweet. Yeah. under the carpet. I'll get hold of Martin and those two, can join But surely in. Tony Blair guys. saying there's evidence that yeah. you should have the vaccine yeah. is going to make all of the people who are vaccine yeah. well, hesitant go, hang on a minute. Like, I mean, Campbell came into the tent of shame once and accused Boris Johnson of lying. Yeah. And I went, that's pretty good coming from you. Yeah, You're I know. the guy that sexed up an entire dossier <laughs> that led to a war. Yeah, Tony, but word of advice, Tone and Alistair, don't go on telly and start talking about public inquiries. Yeah. Public inquiries are not a safe not your friend. environment for <laughs> you two. The funny thing is, is that the reason why people say they were such a great sort of government and what, what a great success they were was because they won elections. They don't actually say because of anything they did. But the Labour Party, who want them back, and Lord Adonis and people like him, go, yeah, but they won three elections. You go, yeah, but they won three elections on what were at least very flimsy premises. Um, and we ended up going into things that we didn't know we were going to go into. And I think if we had mm. known that, we probably wouldn't have voted for them. And posterity has not been kind. It really <laughs> hasn't. I'll give, I'll give them something, though. They were clever. That's why they won elections. Mm -hmm. uh, Adonis and uh, the new mob. Well, to be fair, Adonis uh, has never won anything. Not I didn't mean Adonis. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, um, he's been appointed. Keir Starmer, Angela Rayner and the new mob are not clever. That's no. why they'll never win an election. No. And mm. speaking of people that win elections, Sadiq Khan is my third. Uh, he hasn't been on for a while, not least because during the period of uh, uh, the election coverage, um, we couldn't really put any planks into uh, the list if they were running for election, which means he's dropped quite, quite a fair way down the top ten on plank of the year. But I, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll I'm climb, sure out, that of he that climb out of that hole. <laughs> because of course, you know, the first he's thing a natural. he did was, 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 despite the fact that he had one of the biggest leads of all time in any election last time around, yeah. he nearly lost it. Yeah, nearly. So Sean yeah. Bailey, a man that nobody really believed could win, yeah. almost won and was yeah. running neck and neck for quite a long time. He ran a he phantom didn't. campaign, yeah. didn't he, I'm sure. He, he did. Ask, he hardly knew he Even the there. Tories didn't want him uh, running, yeah. and they didn't back him either. They were so they should sure. should have done. Well, do you imagine? I mean, all we now need to... I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think Sadiq can run for a third term. I'm but not he sure. can't, no, he can't. Um, no. So, so, but they could, but the Tories There's could no, win it. I mean, it was so close without Sean yeah. Bailey being any good, really. I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. I mean, no offence to him. He just, I mean, he didn't really have a presence. Nobody really knew exactly who he was. 
and it could have been a very different story. Yeah. But so he gets in anyway uh, by the skin of his teeth. He then starts promising to kind of speak for everybody and then immediately doesn't <laughs> speak for anybody speak apart for from me. himself. Uh, and he won't speak for me. He won't even speak to me, never mind for me. We keep, <laughs> asking him, we keep asking him to come on the show and he keeps refusing. Um, and uh, I actually gave, sent, a, sent him a tweet saying, we, you don't seem to want to hear from my voice. You know, why, why don't you want to listen to my voice? And he didn't, of course, he didn't answer. But the worst thing has just happened, and it's happened this week. Um, I don't know what your view is on e-scooters, but I find them to be the absolute scourge of London at the moment, uh, where people are committing crimes. They've just done a survey, I think, recently, where thousands of crimes have been committed, from all the way down to sort of, you know, person actually all the way up to, to actually knocking people over on pavements and really yeah, hurting people. dangerous. You know, somebody in Paris has been killed by one. Uh, there, was a, there was a girl um, who was in the papers today um, who was, a um, you know, a former... Um, very successful young woman. She's been. She died on we, one. We've had a death. Yeah, we've had we've, a death. She's yeah. died on one, but she wasn't. You know, she she didn't knock anybody over. But they've now decided TFL Transport for London, which is overseen by by his office, Sadiq Khan's office. They've decided to have uh, a rent uh, trial period of 12 months in London so they'll be like the Boris bikes basically you'll be able to pick one up uh, and you'll be able to drop it off and it's going to be available in Ealing, Hammersmith Fulham, Kensington, Chelsea, Richmond City of London, it's going to start on June the 7th, they haven't had any consultation on this, they haven't asked anybody if they want it so what it's going to mean is in addition now to having all of these illegal uh, scooters they're going to now have a load of legal ones um, who knows what's going to happen? How many? I mean, and I don't presumably know how many... a load of people who aren't used to riding them. Yeah, well, that's the problem. And how legal are they now? I mean, they are motorised well, vehicles. Well, apparently they come because actually, funnily enough, I've been talking to Mr. Loophole about this. You know, Nick Freeman, yeah. who's a yeah, lawyer, yeah, yeah. and he has been very concerned about them because because they're electric. Technically speaking, they are vehicles. Yes, right? they are, yeah. so they're not like bicycles, which are not regulated. No, they're sure. technically regulated. But they're allowed on the pavement. But or they're not allowed on the no, pavement they're because they're vehicles. But they go on the pavement. They're all over the place. They're on the pavement, they're in bike lanes. Technically, there should be a license for them. They're also mm. meant to be limited in speed. Now, normally speaking, you would say, um, well, okay, if you're going to limit the speed of them to 20 miles an hour, mm. you can make them available for rent. But the ones that people use at the moment, those huge ones, they can go like 40, 50 miles an hour. And they're really quick and really yeah. dangerous. And yeah. people have been done for being drunk on them. And it just seems to me to be a recipe for design. I mean, London's roads are already screwed. Yeah. You can't get anywhere. You know, the chances of you uh, actually knocking somebody over or, you know, hitting a bicycle or now hitting a scooter. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And he thinks this is a good idea. It's all part of this kind of madness that they've all got of ridding London But he also thought it was a good cars. idea to... Uh have David Hockney do the... Oh, uh, yes. That was the other thing. <laughs> oh, the seven, Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. Seven million pounds he's spending on this campaign that that was, was part of. And Is that what David artists, Hockney's getting? Artists were complaining that he didn't... Hockney doesn't even live in London. He could have picked a new... He could have picked a young artist who's from London who's yeah. been struggling because of the pandemic to do it. Instead, he had this, like, weird seven-year-old style well, drawing yeah, we're, we're, by we're, we're, Where the S of circus didn't fit, so it's like <laughs> down, down the line. It's, so it's deliberately childlike. It looks like he did it in a panic on an purple. iPad. Mm. But those are the three each that we are required to come up with. So we've now got nine. When you carry Sage over, that'll be ten. So what we've got to do now, if you remember, uh, is reduce it all down to one each. So Emma, why don't you pick your favourite one of Kevin's? My, mine were... Tell the, us what yours mine were. Mine were the BBC... Uh, for the Martin Bashir Omni Shambles, ongoing. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Lord Lloyd Webber, for presume, Lord. presuming that uh, he... I don't know why I say that. I just keep, <laughs> whenever I hear the word... My Lord. Lord. My Lord. 
for presuming <laughs> uh, that he has the right to proclaim on high for, uh, about whether or not people take the vaccine and to condemn people who don't. What's it got to do with him? Mm. Why does he think he has the right to do this? And uh, lastly, Alistair Campbell for the worst week of breakfast television <laughs> in the history of and breakfast television. And that's quite saying quite a lot. You know, last mm. week we had GMB as, as one of the uh, one of the mm. places of the week, but he's managed to keep them in there for the second week. They yeah. could have been yeah nominated a yeah. second time this week they for could. their weird uh, hugging uh, oh. demonstration. Yeah. He looked, he looked, by the way, we didn't cover the fact he looked uh, for the whole week very, very shifty. Yes. Uh, Ali Ross from The Sun uh, described it. He looked like a, a shoplifter who's just seen the police walk in. <laughs> He's gone like this. Well, of course, you wouldn't have to worry if you're a shoplifter these days because the police, if they are walking in, are presumably just getting a sandwich yeah. uh, or arresting somebody for um, not being uh, binary. Yeah, they've, they've come to check whether or not. They're uh, not actually arresting your, shoplifters. The, the shoplifters' human rights are no, being preserved. No, absolutely yeah. not. So, which one of those do you Campbell. like? Alistair Campbell, very good. Okay, so Alistair gets put into the top three. Okay, Kevin, you want to pick mine? Mm -hmm. It's LNER, the greatest railway company yeah. in the world. Sakir Starmer uh, or Sadiq Khan? Well, uh, I mean, they're all very strong contenders. Uh, but what a crop. I, You know, I mean, for, for an, an example of once in a generation utter stupidity, I'm going to have to go for LNER. I think it's got to be Ladies LNER. and gentlemen, and boys also, and girls. We do like nowadays to try and put people in there perhaps who won't appear all the time. Yeah. You know, where Sakir, Sadiq... It can't be Harry and Sadiq every week. Well, it can't. It can't. And your three are... Harry. Harry, Humza Youssef or the RSPB. No, uh, I, yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, again, very strong contenders, but I'm saying... Uh, Actually, it is your turn, isn't it? It is your turn. It's my turn. Yeah. Isn't it? Sorry. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Over to you, Mike. I think it should be Hamza Yusuf, because uh, Prince Harry will still remain. He'll still be in there. And they're so far ahead at the moment. What is it, a 20-point you know, lead? 20 to 30 <laughs> points ahead of everybody else, um, because they get points every week. I think we go with, with Hamza Yusuf. So now all we have to do is figure out um, the top three, Alistair Campbell, Hamza Yusuf, Scottish Justice Secretary, and LNER. So... Uh, what do you reckon? For me, for me uh, I mean, um, this isn't the decision, this, but my decision will be LNER because, as mm. I say, you know, we're used to this woke rubbish, this absolute mm. asinine nonsense they assail us with day in, day out. <laughs> but you won't often get something quite so ludicrous as a company mm -hmm. saying, yeah. Our also, staff can you imagine are, sitting on a train, yeah. listening to some announcement and going, that's outrageous. I'm going to send them a tweet to say how it doesn't apply yeah. to me. So, well, yeah, what's going to be on the LNE you know, our trains? A bit, the, the guard will come and I go, all right, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Buffet's open. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be so offensive. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I mean, so I think that you is think just... I, go with that? I'm inclined to LNER as well. I think it is. I it's so ridiculous. I think it? it's beca uh, also because I think they deserve to be laughed at for the self-flagellation yes. yeah, rather than criticised. We should so. just laugh at so them for I think so. All right. So let's make LNER number one. I think Hamza Yusuf at number two. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, he deserves to be in there for all sorts of reasons. Um, and Alistair Campbell, you've got to feel a bit sorry for him really now, haven't you? No. I mean, what's he going to do next? What's, what's for my next trick? You say he's coming back? Uh, well, apparently... Because uh, it went so well. Well, yeah, they were all <laughs> tweeting what a great job he'd done. I mean, he'd done, uh, he did a terrible job, but uh, I, I suspect... It's all relative, I, I suppose. ITV is... Better than Alex Beresford. The, the word, yeah. <laughs> 
you know. My dog would be better than Alex Beresford. <laughs> um, yeah, which way is the weather for going, uh, Alex? Uh, but ITV is so dim that they have no idea whether anybody's any good or not. So uh, the word is he mm. might be coming back for more uh, unwanted stints. But actually, it is it is good watching because it's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in a way, I feel like it, it actually TV. it it's actually fills it fills the void yes. left by Pierce yeah. for it to be just that yeah. cringy and embarrassing. Cringe TV, that could be the future. <laughs> well, that's not what we do here at Talk Radio TV. So number three, then coming in, uh, Alistair Campbell. He may be back. Uh, Hamza Yusuf, Scottish Justice Secretary. Number two, number one, uh, the London and North East Railway Service uh, for saying you cannot any longer say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are the plank of the week. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 